Welcome everybody, this is Maranatha Remnant Ministries. Uh, my name is Christian Gossett. We just got done with worship uh, by Hillsong, you, Who You Say I Am, right? And I was like envisioning how they're talking about in my father's house, there's a place for me. And it's just beautiful when you can actually get to that place of worship where you envision you're there. You know what I mean? Where it becomes like your reality and like, I'm not saying I had an open vision, but I, I, I felt like, man, I do have a place in my father's house. And just like every other believer has a place uh, for, for you in the kingdom of God, right? It, you remember Jesus says, I have to go because I'm, I'm building you a home. I'm building you mansions, right? So think about that. He's building a place for you. And uh, I also like how they were saying that, um, that they're no longer a slave to sin. And that really spoke to me because I feel like the Lord was really working in my heart this week, I, I, I truly understood um, the verse where Jesus says, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better that you enter the kingdom of God lame than to enter to hellfire with all your members. And I, I truly highly encourage you guys to truly truly be aware of what you're looking at what you're listening to um what you're paying attention to what are you letting distract you because everything is trying to get your attention but the thing is jesus should be your main focus at all times in life um i wanted to read you this quick verse this was um something i did not plan but i believe holy spirit put on my heart to do so so I want to be an example and obedient. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So the wages of sin, we deserve sin, but Jesus gave us the, God gave us the gift through his son for eternal life. That's Romans chapter six, verse 23. I love this one. Romans chapter six, verse 16 and 17. This is in the New Living Translation. It says, don't you realize that you become a slave of whatever you choose to obey? I'm going to read that again. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death. Or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God, once you were slaves of sin... But now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given to you. So we transition from that slave, a, a slave of being in sinful nature to actually being a slave of righteousness and righteous living. So uh, which chapter was that in? Uh, that is Romans 6, verse 16 through 17. And one more. Because this month we're talking about relationships and marriages and I thought this was beautiful. Romans chapter 7, verse 2 and 4. For example, when a woman marries the law, binds her to her husband. Right? So when you get married, a woman and a man, they're in a law-abiding covenant. Okay? But if he dies, the laws of the marriage no longer apply to her. So while her husband is alive, she'd be committing adultery if she married another man. So when that death do us part, you're no longer in contract. You're no longer in a covenant 
with your, your spouse, right? That's what it's saying. Let me, I'm going to further read. But if, her, but if her husband dies, she is free from that law and doesn't commit adultery when she remarries. This is what I'm getting to right here. So my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. You died to the power of the law. When you died with Christ. And now you're united with one who was raised from the dead. As a result, we can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. So what it's saying is that we were married to the law. The law of the law of just trying to do right, trying to earn our way to heaven, the law of, of sin that we can never fulfill. But see, Jesus died so that we could be so he could raise back and you could be married to him now. That's the number one relationship that you'll ever have in your whole life because your spouse can leave you. Your spouse can die. You can get divorced. Who anything can happen. But Jesus is there. Always and forever. So think about that. The church is the bride. Yes. We're married to him. We're married to the him. The church is called the bride. Yes. So we're married to him. So with that being said, leading from not being a slave to sin, being a slave to righteousness, now being in a new covenant with Jesus as being his spouse. You're his beautiful bride and he's the bridegroom. And um, with that being said, that's, that's what the Holy Spirit wanted me to share with you guys. So with this transitioning, uh, we have a guest speaker today. Um, yeah, we got uh, Re- Rev Kev. Uh, yeah, we're excited. But hold your horses, hold your horses before we, we pass the mic. Does anyone have any testimonies, any praise reports God has done for them this past week that they would like to share? I just wanted to share how we were praying for... Um that gentleman, remember, that was missing because he fled his country. What's his name? Uh, well, I'd rather not say. <laughs> say his name is Christian for the sake of the story. Okay, his name is Christian. <laughs> but anyways. I was they, lost, but I am found. That's right. He, was, he, he fled that communist country, and he's, he, uh, he's here now and safe and he went to immigration office glory to god wow yeah and i was able we were able to pray and i told my friend my colleague how we were all praying for him and it was just we give praise and glory yeah give glory to god that's amazing yes Yes. come on and i wanted to share one more thing um i heard just the other day that they did like a poll or something that um they asked all these pastors like if you had to read just one book of the Bible, like, 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 let's say you just had one option, and all of them, most of them said Romans. Yeah, yeah. I would choose Romans too. Yeah, so I just want to share that because Ro- just Romans, how Andrew Womack said it, is your identity. Mm. Romans, like, if you want to read your, if you want to know who your identity is in Christ, read Romans. Yeah, so. yeah. can you speak loud? Uh, can try. Um, I had a CT scan done about a week ago. Because um, they thought that I had a, like a mini stroke about, mm, what, two weeks ago? Uh-huh. And they, um, they did all, you know, it just felt like an angiogram to me, what they did. But they checked me, my, my brain, and no stroke. Come on. Glory to God. Come on. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right, Maya, you got one? Yep. Um, so 
So it was like the day before I came home, Gigi saw like a homeless person, and then, but then my, she said to my dad, there's a, he's on like Greenfield somewhere by my aunt's house, and then my dad gives him the money, and then that's all I saw. Wow, so your dad blessed a homeless person? Yeah, and then he said, he went like this. Oh, your grandma blessed a homeless person. So, so the man, so he, he was like this, thank you, and grabbed the money of us. Wow, that's awesome. It says, it says in God's word that when you, when you lend to the poor, you're lending to God, and he'll repay you back. So that's, that's scriptural. Anybody else? If not, um, we're going to get in prayer, and then I'm going to pass it off. All right. So I'll come in agreement. Father God, we just thank you for this wonderful time. We thank you, Lord God, that we can come in unity, that we can come in one accord, that we can come in one fellowship, but also just like one desire to know you, Jesus. That's what we want to know. We want to know you more. Holy Spirit, come. Yes, you're already here, and we thank you for it. Holy Spirit, we ask you to counsel us and teach us the word of God, that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and the revelation of the knowledge of him today. That the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened to know the hope of his calling. To know the riches and glory that are the inheritance in the saints. To know the exceeding greatness of his power towards them that believe. That same working power that which Christ raised Jesus from the dead and seated him in heavenly places far above all principality, might, and dominion. And every name that is named not only in this age but also which is to come. I thank you, Father, that you've made your son the head of all things. That he is the head over the church, which is his body, which fulfills all in all for his pleasure. So, Lord God, I ask that every heart would be open today to receive. That it would, that it would be seed planted in fertile soil. That, we, that, Lord, you would rebuke the devourer for our sake. That, Lord God, the enemy wouldn't come to try to cause uh, strife or tension. But we break that power right now in Jesus' name. Lord God, we ask that you'd open spiritual eyes and spiritual ears to hear today. That, Lord God, you would use my brother Kevin as a mouthpiece to declare your glory, to have life-giving water flowing like rivers out of his mouth. Lord God, that you've given him peace and the anointing for this season and this time to declare your word. Let it be with power and truth and in love. Lord God, we thank you for all these people here. Bless them who's going to be listening and all the different platforms they listen to, through all the different nations in the world, Lord God, bless them. We thank you that you've made room for us in your house, Father. And it's only through the power of the blood of Jesus that we're reconciled back to you. That we're married to the bridegroom, the Lord Jesus Christ, and we are his beautiful, spotless bride. We give you the glory and honor and power and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So we're starting a new series. It's called Summer Lovin' for Christians. <laughs> it's a little different, but the thing is, uh, there was a bunch of you know, believers there asking me, like, what it, how did you and Chelsea have your relationship? How did God restore that? How did God start that? And a lot of Christians that are single or divorce or widows or whoever the case is 
Picking a spouse is the second most important thing you'll ever do in your life. Yeah. First is choosing Jesus. Second is picking your spouse. Third, maybe a house, right? Yeah. <laughs> the car, no, yeah. <laughs> the job. But I'm just saying the it's kids. important. Having yeah, having kids. The thing is, Jesus comes first. You get married to him, and then you get married to your physical right spouse. So, um... Kevin's going to share what God's put on his heart, and uh, we're just going to pass it off to him. So, Yay. do your thing. Right on, right on. Yeah. Give me a hand clap. Give me a hand clap. So, I'm honored to, to be able to kick this uh, new, I guess, series off, you know. Um, I didn't know really what to share or what. What, what, what to say really you know um i mean you guys know a little bit of my testimony you guys know that i went through a divorce um so so i want to kind of share that kind of share my testimony my journey through the divorce and um how uh how i've just been learning through the whole thing you know um I got saved December of 2019. Um, Woo! Yeah, almost almost three years ago, you know. Wow. Uh, if you would have told me that like four years ago, I would have told you like, nah, man, it's not me. Um, I separated from my now ex-wife November of 2019. Um, September of 2019, we found out my dad had cancer. So it was just like one thing after another and uh you know i literally lost like all hope and everything and um still remember that phone call when uh, my sister called saying that my dad had cancer um she said my dad and then started bawling her eyes out so we didn't we didn't we just we just knew it's probably bad news and she started crying um but then my oldest sister got the phone and said he's fine you just know your sister's emotional like yeah you know um me and my brother were in Washington um, in September. We were working out there. And uh, that, that Sunday night that we got the call, we left Monday morning and got back Tuesday. 22-hour um, drive that we did. Uh, I remember November, kind of, I remember how the day went. It was a Friday. And I, I didn't have weekends off with that job because my weekends were Sunday, Monday. And uh, I remember this, this particular time I had had the weekend off. And uh, I, just real, uh, I just came to the realization that in, in the marriage, we would always throw, throw low blows at each other. And when we'd fight, man, we'd fight, you know, it'd be just, uh, it, was, it wasn't healthy. And uh, a lot of our problems, you know, we would brush under the rug and then next fight that happens, it'd be brought up, you know. And uh, so it was just fire after fire is being added to, to, to one thing after another. And uh, finally made the decision that, you know what, it's, it's, time, it's time for me to leave. And uh, I asked God for strength that day as I was driving. I remember leaving the hospital. And uh, I told my sisters to, to watch my daughter. I remember leaving the hospital. I was, my Lord, like, I haven't prayed in a while, you know, and just give me the strength to be able to do this if this is what you want me to do, you know, if this is what I need to do, and 
And I was like, you know what? I said, I always know what gives me courage or what gives me confidence is, is alcohol, you know? So, uh, so I went and got me a 12-pack and started drinking. She finally came home. I was already like four beers deep. And I'm like, oh, now I can do this easily, you know? And uh, I told her that it was best for us to go our separate ways. And, you know, fast forward to, to December night I got saved, you know, I would, everybody would tell me best way to get over somebody is to be with somebody else, you know, and, uh, and I believed it. I was like, okay, my friend's dad went through three, four divorces and, you know, so he probably knows something if he's saying that's how you get over somebody. And, uh, so, so I believed it. And I remember that night I was laying in bed, just like conflicted about everything. Like, okay, like, my marriage is is over my dad has cancer and this is not where i saw my life you know after i graduated this is not where i pictured my life would be so i started thinking about those horrible words that that uh that i was told to get over somebody you know and i was gonna put action to those words and i was all right yeah i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna be about it i'm gonna do it you know and I remember hitting up a friend of mine that I knew that I could just one night stand or whatever and then uh, and get away, you know, to get get it off my mind. But I had this, this like, pool to message my cousin Christian. And, and I was like, what is that? Like, I was like, Christian's weird nowadays. Like, you know, he's not, <laughs> he's not. Yeah, he's not, he's not the same Christian that, you know, we would go out to the club or, like, you know, we can go just get drunk, you know, and forget about everything. He's just weird. Like, you know, it's not him. And uh, I, just, I, just, I just kept thinking about it, and I was like, well, I mean, he's down the street from my mom's. Maybe it's the universe. Maybe it's God telling me to do this, right? Or maybe this is what I need for the moment. So I messaged Christian, and uh, he responded right away, and my friend never responded you know and so i figured i was like you know this is what this is what i need to do this is this is what seems right for me right now and uh i remember meeting him at fat willies it's probably like nine o'clock you know uh my daughter was asleep you know i had her had her asleep and then you know i finally i just i left you know made sure my sister could watch her and she said yeah and uh so we're just going there you know and I'm just asking him, I'm like, you know, that's awesome that you and Chelsea got back together, you know, even though she hated you and wanted nothing to do with you, you know. I said, that's awesome, you know, that's 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 cool that God did that for you, you know. And uh, he told me, what makes you any different? And I was like, well, I don't know, maybe because uh, I wasn't fully, like, faithful, you know, or that I wasn't fully the best husband that I could be. You know, you know I made mistakes. And uh, they always seem to get thrown in my face, you know, and I just, I didn't think that, I knew God can do whatever he wanted, but I just didn't know that, you know, it all started with one step. And, you know, I was brought up Catholic, Catholic my whole life until, you know, 2019. And so that's all I knew. And since I was young, I always felt a pulling to church. I always felt like I needed to go, like I needed to give God thanks or like be in the presence of God. 
and even even when I'd go out the, go out the night before, I would I would be hungover, but I I knew I needed to be at church or I needed to be there, you know, and uh, so fast forward you know to that night we're just he showed me a side that I never seen in him. I'm like this is this is not Christian like you know this is not the knuck if you buck kind of dude or like <laughs> like you know like I see like I I know this guy you know. This is not the same kid that knocked my front tooth out when we were little, you know? And, uh... <laughs> no hard feelings, yeah. Um, they're my baby teeth. I'm lucky. Walking forgiveness. Walking forgiveness, yeah. <laughs> um, I started thinking. I was like, man, like... Who are you? Like, who are you? Like, you know, like... And he's telling me, like, the, the, the goodness of God. Like, what God's done in his life. And how one of the hardest seasons of his life he was able to get through college... And graduate while also going through a breakup, you know, and being depressed and all these things that he just kept saying. And I was like, man, like, God did that? Like, G-O-D did that? That God? Like, you know, he's like, yeah, and he can do it for you. And I was like, I don't know, man, like, I see how you are. It's kind of weird to me, like, you know. Uh, but it's just the side of him that I saw that night is literally what just, like, kind of won me over. You know, how he, he was just, I'm like, I know this kid. Like, this dude is one of the stingiest people that I knew. Like, you know, he's very tight with his money. He didn't give, you know. And over there, he's giving this lady that doesn't even know a $20 tip. I'm like, whoa, I mean, like, I gave her five, like, you know. Um, but it was just his character, how he held himself, how he talked, you know. That did it for me. And I remember I was just like, you know, it's. I was like, hey, you want to you get a beer? Like, you want a beer? And he's like, no, nah, I'm good, man. So that kind of convicted me not to get a beer. And we're just sitting there talking. And then we, we, we go to my truck. And we just continue talking in my truck. And then he, he asked me, like, the ultimate question. Do you want to give yourself to, to, to God? And I was like, it's like uh, do I have to cut myself? Like, what do I got to do? Like, you know? And he's like, no, you just got to say a prayer, you know? So I was like, okay. I was like, I already done xyz in my life you know what, what do i got to lose now like i got nothing to lose be in the same position i'm in mm-hmm. so you know, i get my life there and then the parking lot of fat willies and uh <laughs> this is the funniest thing to me like i had the heater on because it's the middle of winter and, you know it's cold at night and he was he's over here like oh man i feel the holy spirit i'm like bro i feel the heater like <laughs> i don't i don't i don't feel nothing man and do that <laughs> he felt he felt the Holy Spirit there that night, you know, and a couple weeks ago the Lord showed me that same image of that night when I was in my bed. I had my daughter in my right hand, I had my phone in my left, and I was messaging my friend, and I messaged Christian. And the Lord was telling me I was there with you that night. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, you never leave us. I was like, you know, I believe it. He's like, no, no. I was sitting at the, I was sitting at the foot of your bed. Wow. I was telling you to message your cousin. And when he told me that a couple weeks ago, I started bawling my eyes out. I'm like, dang, Lord. Like, it's 8.30 in the morning. You're trying to cry right now? Because yeah. you weren't even born again. I wasn't even born again, no. I was, I was not was even born again. And, and it's crazy because he showed me Christian, too. He's like, I was at the foot of his bed too. Wow. 
I was sitting on the side right here like this, looking at him while he's over here like, I'm done. Yeah. And then... And it's crazy, too, because I was laying on my bed, and it was dark, and I was wasted. And I remember crying out to God, so I was going to kill myself. I was like, all right, God, you got to show up. If you're real, show up. And I remember, I remember the Holy Spirit said, just when you thought it was over, it really just begun. Yeah, and I was like, man. So, through the separation, you know, everybody would tell me, hey, just get the divorce, get the divorce. But I, I started surrounding myself with with different people, you know, um, godly men, you know. Um, one of the guys in our, in, our, in our Bible study, I actually met him before I started attending the Bible study. And uh, his name's Tarnell, and uh, I used to deliver his mail when I worked at a a uh, ASU. Like he was one of the people that I delivered to, and I remember telling Christian, I was like, "Is his last name like Smith?" He's like, "Yeah." I was like, "I know him, like you know." And then my first day at the Bible study, we started talking. And he's like, oh, "I remember you, man, like you know." And um, everybody told me, everybody told me to leave, right? But I remember praying. I just remember this this feeling like stay, and I'm like stay. Like, what is that you, Lord, telling me to stay? And you know, it was confirmed, and so I stayed. You know, it was about seventeen, nineteen months that I that I stayed to fight for my marriage, and uh, I remember looking back at it when God told me to leave in March of twenty twenty one. Um, I, you could have just told me that from the get-go. Like, you could you could have just told me that like when I started this journey, and he was like, "You wouldn't have you wouldn't have healed, first of all, and you wouldn't have learned what I needed you to learn." Right? Because I remember when I was fighting for my marriage, um, a lot of things wouldn't make sense. And my Lord, you told me to do this. He's like, "Yeah, but it's more of the fact that I need you to be obedient in what I told you to do." Right? Um, I had to learn how to hear God's voice. I had to learn how to be instructed, you know, be, be, be taught, not just what I want to do or what I think is right or, or what feels like is right or depending on the situation, what is going to be the best scenario for it. Um, when I was, I was trying, I would never get the opportunity to take her on a date. I would never, she, she, wouldn't, she wouldn't give me the opportunity and kept telling her like I'm not that same person I'm not I don't I don't drink to the extreme like I used to like you know I, I don't I, I don't get blackout drunk no more that's not me like you know I'm, I'm, God's working on me just let me be able to show you that and you know I remember I remember one particular time where we did go out on a date but my daughter was there but you know I, I took anything I can get and um we went to eat. We got Panera Bread. Went to Circle K to get some like Thirst Busters, and then we parked by um, by an In and Out. And it was kind of weird. Like it was like four or five o'clock, and In and Out was empty. And I'm like, that's so weird. Like usually they're starting to start to move, you know. And so we're you know I'm getting ready to eat, and I get my half of the sandwich, and I put the other half just away. And um, so I'm eating my sandwich, 
And I just get this feeling in me to look look in the mirror. So I looked in the mirror and I see this this guy pass on a bike. And I was like, okay, like, oh, okay, Holy Spirit, just being aware of my surroundings. Like that's 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 what we need to do. Like you're watching out for for me and my family. And uh, like five seconds later, he says, look up. And I look up, and the same dude that was on the bike is reaching in the trash can at In-N-Out trying to find food. And I was like, okay. So I felt the Holy Spirit said, go, go pray for him. But I'm like, you don't, you don't see what I'm doing? Like, you don't see I'm on a date right now? Like, you don't see that? You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get, this, like, get, the, get the ball rolling. And uh, I kept feeling just go, go. Until finally I was like, fine, whatever. I said, I'll be right back. Like, where are you going? I'll be right back. Like, you know? And then... Uh, yeah, I gotta go do something, and then like, literally, I was I was out there for like twenty thirty minutes, and that's where I got my first word of knowledge. Like I I, I prayed for people before, but I never got any words. Right, so it's it's in being obedient. It's in you know listening to what God told me to stay, and fight. Um, it didn't make sense, but I saw that. Looking back at it, if I never took that obedience if I never listened to God telling me to stay I wouldn't I wouldn't be where I'm at because it's in the fire it's in it's in trying to fight for the marriage you know trying to try you know because flesh me wants this marriage to work out flesh me wants to have my family you know my, my daughter to grow up with a mother and father you know not in separate homes and if I would have never took that that step it, I wouldn't be where I'm at I wouldn't be here I wouldn't be talking to you like this you know and um, like I said, I prayed for people before, you know, and a couple of times, like, you know, it was in front of my one of my sisters. And she's like, why are you praying for them? Why are you giving the guy money? I was like, because this is what God told me to do. Like, you think I want to give somebody money? Like, no, like, you know, we all work for that money. Um, so this particular time I go out and this is where I got my first word of knowledge. And, and, and this dude is. First of all, he's hungry. So I asked him, are you hungry? He's like, yeah. So I said, okay, I'll be right back. I got something for you. So I had a whole bag of chips, half of my sandwich, and like a cold, cold water bottle. And I don't even know why I grabbed the water bottle before I left her house when we were going to get drinks and food, you know? But now it just made sense. And um, I remember I remember going to talk to this guy, and he moved here for a girl. Uh, he moved from Tennessee. He moved here for a girl. And... Uh, he had stomach cancer. And I had my first word, and I looked at him, and I said, oh, you're afraid to die, huh? You're afraid of death. And he looks at me like, what? <laughs> like, what you just... And it's literally like five seconds after he looked at me, he just started bawling his eyes out. And I was like, oh, man, I hit a soft spot or something, you know? Like, what, what was that, Lord, you know? And uh, he's like, I'm terrified of death. Wow. He's like, I'm alone. My uncle that was on the streets with me just left me. I don't know where he's at. He's like, I know nobody here. The girl that I moved down here with, I'm not with her no more because she doesn't like bad news. So I couldn't tell her that I'm sick. So I left. Oh my like, man. So I was like, you know what, Lord? Like, yeah. Um. So I said, you know, I thought it was. It's not a coincidence why we met here, or why we were here. You know, I said, look, I'm gonna be honest with you. I said, I'm on a date with my wife when I'm trying to fix our relationship, you know. I said, we've been separated since November. And it's probably like March, April this time. 
And I was like, we've been separated. I said, but God wanted me to do this instead of that. And he's like, oh, man, just go back, go back. I'm like, no. So I talked to this dude. Like I said, 20, 30 minutes go by. And then she comes with a bowl of soup that she didn't eat. And she gave it to him. And then so I ended up praying for him. And I was like, you know, I believe God's going to heal you from your cancer. And uh, he just like the love that I was able to show him, right? He, he just, he's like, man, I never, no one ever does that. No one talks to me, you know. They look at me funny because I'm on the streets. Or, like, if I ask for help, they just dismiss me, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, like, you know. And I was so excited that I had a, my first word of knowledge. Like, I called Christian as I was dropping her off. Um, I was like, I was like, dude, like, <laughs> got my first word. Like, it was crazy. And I was telling him the whole story. And then she, my ex-wife was over here looking at me like, uh, this is not like you. <laughs> like, this is... This is not you, yeah. So she didn't really know who I was. Um, I want to share one of the scriptures that kind of helped me through my whole journey and, uh, and divorce, and it's uh, Psalms thirty four eighteen, and I'm reading from the NLT. Psalms thirty four eighteen. Psalms thirty four eighteen. Yeah, it says the Lord is close to the brokenhearted; He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Um, that one always stuck out to me you know I've had so many verses that if I look at my old notebooks they, I could, we can just talk about the verses you know for a whole like week and uh, I would flip flop on verses okay this is what I'm gonna do like you know God's gonna restore everything I put my hand to a hundredfold and you know people would give me words I would get words from people and they'd be like God's gonna restore everything I'm like, oh my gosh, like my marriage, like my marriage is gonna be restored. Um until until like I said, until March of twenty twenty one, um, Christian as my witness, I uh I called her, talked to her about something and that was one of the nastiest phone calls I ever had in my life. And it was it was just uh, very rude and everything and I was like Try not to cry in front of Christian. I'm like, oh, I'll be a man right now. But I'm like, what do I do? And he's like, well, you fasted when God told you to stay. You want a clear answer, you fast. So I, I did, I think it was a two or three day fast. And on the last day, the Lord gave me my, my answer. He said, leave. But I'm like, then why'd you make me stay for almost a year and a half? I was upset. Like, I was really upset and kind of backslid for a little bit i was just i was i I didn't like the outcome of it and god telling me to leave so i I kind of backslid and mom cover your ears uh i was in places that i shouldn't be you know i was at i was at a strip club with um with my friends right you know after a day of drinking we just we ended up there and and god never leaves us right and it's us that like ignore i don't want to hear from the holy spirit i don't want to hear God, I was so upset. And uh, every time that I went, the Holy Spirit would be like, you shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be here. And I'm like, I don't hear you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't hear you. And I remember like, yeah, I'm like, I don't hear you. I remember the last time, I went like twice, and the last time I was there, um, I felt the Holy Spirit tell me, what are you doing? 
and I'm like, I'm trying to enjoy myself. He's like, you think women is going gonna, is gonna to be what helps you right now? And I was like, no, but it sure helps temporarily, right? It, it doesn't. Um, and this is where kind of like, this is where God directed me. He directed me to Matthew 6, verse 33. And it was, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. And I'm like, I did, Lord. I said, I was pursuing you. I was following you, 100%. I said, but why, why didn't I get a happy ending? Why didn't I get a forever after, you know? I said, first my dad dies. I said, now my marriage is not going to be restored. I said, you know, I said, I know you're the God of impossible, but why, why not me, Right? And for the longest time, I just thought it was it was just my, my mistakes, my mistakes. But it was just, we were unequally yoked. We went two different directions. She went one way, I went, I went another way. And uh, that's what the Lord was telling me. He was telling me that uh, I've called you in a different direction. Mm. And I was like, but even though, oh, I asked him this when I was finally coming back. I was like, why, why, did my, why did my dad have to go, you know? He said, because he was ready. It was his will to leave. So that day that he said, that, that, that Tuesday that he said, I'm ready to hug Jesus, that was him saying, I'm ready to go home. Yeah. So no amount of prayer, no amount of fasting or whatever can override his will. So I was like, what, why, why didn't my marriage get restored? He's like, because she didn't want to. I'm like, but you couldn't do me a favor this one time and like you know, change your mind. He's like, that's not love. Wow. If I had to force her to love you, it's not love. Wow. Just like if I was to force you to love me, that's not love. Love's a choice. Love is a choice, right? Love's not a feeling, but love is what you do besides your feelings. Yeah. That's true. You know. Um, I want to take you to First Peter five, verses five through eleven. And it says, in the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. In his kindness, God calls you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore support and strengthen you and he will place you on a firm foundation. Come on. All power to him forever. Amen. So when I ask God that, right? Like, why couldn't you restore my marriage? He's like, I, I can't override her will. He said, it, if she would have accepted it, right, and not shut down every time I try to talk about God, it would have been a different story. But I said, okay, why would you have people come up to me and say, God's going to restore your marriage. God's going to restore uh, you guys. He said, because I wanted to. 
He said, but I can't override her will. And I was like, okay, Lord. I was like, yeah, is it right? I said, we all have a choice. And my choice is to, is, is to pursue you, to follow you. And, you know, best piece of advice that I got is date Jesus. <laughs> You're literally okay. da- date Jesus. That's cool. You know, run after him. And if someone can keep up with you, then you can talk to them, you know. And uh, I had to shift my my perspective. Because the same place that God brought me out of is where I found comfort to try to go and get back in. And uh, I remember when the Holy Spirit told me, like, what are you doing? It was kind of like a wake-up call for me. Because I was kind of like, what, I, what am I doing, you know? What, what am I doing here? I know better. Like, how am I supposed to be a light? How am I supposed to resemble Christ in front of my friends and show my friends if, if we're over here at these clubs, right, you know? And uh, I had to remove myself. I love my friends. Don't get me wrong. I love them to death. They're like brothers to me. But I had to make a choice. And the Holy Spirit says you have to choose. You want to live with them or you want to live with me? And I was like, oh, man. I said, You're just rocking me right now. You know, and uh, I made a decision. And honestly, it's, it's an easy decision to make, like, It's life and death is, is literally what it is. And uh, mm. where is it? How I was able to start the healing process, right? Because it came with a decision. And it's, do I want to still feel this way? Do I want to be having a pity party over my divorce? Or do I actually want to heal and find a godly woman, find a godly wife, you know? But God always shows me things through my daughter and... And I remember that that one day when I was making the decision, he said, look at her. She follows your footsteps. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Here go the waterworks again. And uh, I remember when I remember when I went on the five-day fast a couple months ago. Um, the Lord told me this. Because I was beating myself up. Because I didn't think I was being a good father. I didn't think I was being a good example for her. And he said, as long as you follow your father, she'll follow her father. And I was like, here, here come the waterworks again, you know? And, uh, so the healing process, I want to say, just looks different for everybody. Because God will take you through a healing process and he will heal you the way that he knows. Because he's already formed you in your mother's womb. He knew you before you were born. The way I was able to heal was I had to repent. I had, I had, to, I had to repent from everything. Like, Lord, remember this day on August 17th, you know, when I was getting crazy. I'm sorry for that, you know. And I had, to, I had to forgive myself. And then the Holy Spirit said to me, the divorce doesn't define who you are. The Lord does. So I had to forgive. And I had to, I had to give it all to God. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to hold this, this uh, marriage that I was hoping for. I'm not going to hold it in my hands no more. Like, you know, Lord, it's yours. Like, you take this pain Show me how to heal. So I had to spend more time in Scripture. I had to spend more time in the, in, in the Word. And it's when I was spending more time in the Word, I started to do God's will more, which caused me not to even think about it no more. And then, you know, four months later, I'm just like, dang, like, I'm good. Like, you know, I'm, I'm really good. I'm in a good place right now. 
But there was still something that was like holding me back. And I'm like, Lord, what is holding me back? He said, you need to forgive her. I said, oh, anything but that. Like, <laughs> anything but that. I ain't going to do that. He's like, well, how can I give you your prayers if you can't forgive? He's like, I forgave you. I said, I'm thankful for that forgiveness. He's like, you need to forgive her. I said, Lord, I don't think I'm ready for that. He's like, you are ready for that. I was like, no, I'm not. You know, so I was fighting with him for a good, like, 10 minutes, but obviously God's always going to win. And uh, and I said, okay, Lord, I, I do forgive her, but I don't think it's fully right now. And he's asked the first step is vocalizing it. So I was like, okay, I forgive her. You know, and it wasn't something that was right away that happened overnight. It was, it was, it was something that took a month and a half. Like, it, it literally took a month and a half for me to fully forgive her. I have no hard feelings for her, you know. Like, I still love her. She's the mother of my child. She's always got a special place in my heart. And I do pray for her all the time. And I do pray for the best for her. You know, I do pray she comes to Christ. But I, I couldn't hold on to that no more, right? Yeah. What was in the past was actually bringing me down more than it needed to be. And when I, when I found forgiveness in myself and forgiveness in her is when I was able to, to really heal. And that's when God started blessing me more. Wow. That's when I saw that God was blessing me more. Not only that, um, when I was fully able to forgive her a couple months after that, I, sp- I spoke in tongues. <laughs> like, it was just crazy that I was just holding on to it. Like, you know, um, yeah, I, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. I fell out in the parking lot. It was, uh, it was crazy, man. Um, yeah, the three of us were there. That's where he got the name the Street Sweeper. Um, but during, and this is what I'm very thankful for, because during my, my season of trying to get my marriage restored, I, I started doing a lot of research, started doing, started watching a lot of sermons, started reading different devotionals, some books that I'm still reading, but uh, <laughs> I wanted to be the best husband I could be, you know. I, I was one way, but I didn't want to be that person no more. I didn't want to be that kind of guy, you know. And I wanted to be the best husband, father, brother, friend you know so i started started diving into this marriage thing i'm like, all right lord this is what i'm gonna start doing you know started listening to jimmy evans you know marriage on the rocks which is a great series of his i recommend that to anybody that wants to have a better foundation and um i remember the lord telling me you will never have a successful marriage if you don't have a successful foundation and I was like, okay, Lord. So I, I, I wanted to share with you kind of the, the definition of a kingdom relationship. Because we always hear, right? Kingdom marriage, kingdom relationships. Um, the definition of a kingdom marriage is defined as a covenantial, covenantial union between a man and a woman who commit themselves to function in unison under divine authority in order to replicate God's image and expand his rule in the word in the world through both their individual and joint callings, right? That's so good. Yeah. When I went when I was preparing for this and I and I read that definition, I was like, wow, like like Lord, I have a different calling than Maggie, Chelsea, Christian, Helica, Cynthia, everybody in this room, right? But Christian and Chelsea, you know, once they said I do that that covenant was made. Yeah. So now his calling and her calling are together, and that brings more power. Mm-hmm. You know, because in Genesis 
2, verse 24. This is my next scripture I want to share. It says, This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. When you're married, you're no longer Christian and Chelsea individually. You're Mr. and Miss Christian Gossett. You're one. You know? And... And part of that, I asked God, I said, well, I said, I'm not trying to compare myself, Lord. I said, um, Christian wasn't even married to Chelsea. I said, so I kind of had that one up ahead of him. I said, but why wasn't my relationship restored? He said, because I was never in the middle of your relationship. I was never at the center of that. Yeah, so that was like a big old like uppercut. And I was like, wow, like that's true. Because every time that I needed something, it'd be like when it's out of my hands. And that's when I would pray, you know. So, we see in Genesis 2, right, that God made Adam. And then we, 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 when we continue to read, we, we see that God realized that it's not good for man to be alone. So he created him a helper. And that's when he made Eve. But see, even even Satan knew the power of the covenant of marriage. That in chapter 3 is when he attacked it. When he, when he told the lies and told her to eat the fruit. And he was able to get to her, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Satan is after your marriage. It don't matter if you believe in God. It doesn't matter if you believe that the pig in the backyard is 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 God, you know. Mm-hmm. Satan's gonna come after your marriage, yeah, yeah. especially yeah. if you know your identity and your authority in Christ. Yeah. He does. He doesn't want you to have that that that, that power of a covenant. Yeah. So Ephesians five thirty three. So again, right. Ephesians five, verse thirty three. So again, I say, each man must love his wife. As he loves himself, mm. and the wife must respect her husband. There's one thing that men want: that's respect more than anything. Mm. Respect from their wife, respect from their peers. We want respect, and the and the most the one thing that women want is love. Mm. So when I when I read the scripture, I was like, Lord, that's that's the total truth. That is the total truth because man wants to be respected, especially in front of another man. You know. We want, we want, we want that respect. And and looking back at it, all women really ask for us is this love to love them, you know. And uh, I'm about truly to truly love is respect, though. Yeah, love is respect. And I'm about to say a cuss word, guys. So like, hold on to your to the table. Uh, hold on, submission. Mm-hmm. Submission is a cuss word nowadays. <laughs> Um, 533 was that verse um, I forget I forget the verse uh, the scripture that is in but it says uh, wives submit to your husbands as husbands submit to Christ yeah wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord yeah for the husband is the head of the wife as also Christ is the head of the church he is the savior of the body therefore just as the church is subject to Christ so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for 
So not only do women have to submit, but men, we do have to submit too. You know, we, we submit to Christ. I remember, I'm like, Lord, I've been almost like, really officially divorced for a year, um, come December. Not quite there, but almost there, you know. And uh, I said, Lord, I've been walking this thing out. I've been trying to have this relationship, you know, have a marriage that's uh, heaven on earth that represents you, you know, that glorifies you. But I was like, why, why hasn't it came yet? And uh, I remember asking, you know, one of my brothers in Christ if he can pray about a certain situation for me, about me taking a job, right? And and I asked him, and like a week goes by, and I'm like, hey, like, did you ever pray about it? He's like, oh, no, dude, <laughs> like, I totally forgot. And I'm like, typical, right? So that he finally prayed for it. He's like, well, God said yes and no. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? He's like, well, this is where it gets good. He wants you to come and talk to him. And I'm like, but I did. Like, why can't you just, like, confirm it? That's what I want. I just want confirmation. So, you know, I went on a two-day fast. This was, like, two weeks ago. And we went on a two-day fast. And uh, I asked the Lord. I said, you know, do I take the job? He said, yes. I said, okay, well, you couldn't just confirm that? Like, you know? And he's like, I didn't hear nothing. I'm like, okay, well, I got my answer. I was like, but I did tell you I'm going to do a two-day fast, so I'm going to do two days. And uh, on the second day is when he told me when to put my notice in. And I was like, okay, Lord, I got, I got my answer. I got everything that, you, 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 that I asked for, you know? Like, do I take this job and do I put my notice in? And, you know, when? And uh, I was like, why couldn't you just confirm it? Like, you know, that would have made everything a lot easier, you know? But he said, there's going to come a time where you're not going to have the ability to have others pray. You need to make these decisions based off what I tell you. And I was like, okay, Lord. He's like, so how can I give you a spouse if you're, if you're not listening to me? And I'm like, no, you're right. I said, but, but I am being obedient. He's like, yes, but you need to know. I know you're being obedient, but are, do you know you're being obedient? You know, because sometimes I'll question myself, like, oh, Lord, did you really tell me that? Or, like, you know, Lord, this and that. And he's like, look, if I told you, it's because you heard me. You know, and I want to talk about a type of love, right? This is where I'm going to wrap it up. Um, I want to talk about one type of love. And I want to take you guys back to your childhood. Do you guys, did you guys ever have that, that teddy bear or that one toy or that one blanket that you guys always had to have with you yeah. that you always had to like hold on to? Yeah, like mine. Mine was a mine was a blanket, and it was it was a blue blanket, and I, I had the most creative, clever name for this blanket. I called it Blue, <laughs> and I mean probably up until I was what like twenty one, like like last week. <laughs> um, I want to say probably like thirteen. I would always sleep with this blanket, and it had a big old hole like this big in the middle of it, like. You know, my mom be like, well, just throw it away. I'm like, no, this is my blue. Like, this is my blanket. Like, <laughs> like I rebuked those words, you know? And um, it, was, it was always that, that sense of comfort. It was always that, like, I, this is mine. Like, this is mine, you know? And, and that is a possession type of love. It, it's, it's, it's what we have that we love. Like, no matter how my blanket looked, that it was, that it was uh, raggedy, that it had 
tears in it, that it was falling apart. It was mine and it meant something to me. And that's the way that God looks at us. Even though we're broken, battered, bruised, depressed, suicidal, a drug addict, a drunkard, all the above, God's like, yeah, that's mine. Yeah, that's, that's mine, right? But you're like, hey, like, how, how do you know that? Well, John 3.16. Everybody knows this verse. Everybody's heard it at least once, right? For this is how God loved the world. He gave his only one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. We get looked at a certain way, right? But God looks at us totally different. Like even though you're damaged and you're no good to somebody, you mean everything to me. So good. So if 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 that is you out there that you're just you know, I feel this 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 pull. I feel like something's pulling on my heart as God. Like Jesus is knocking at your door, he's he's asking to come in, but he's gonna be such a gentleman. That if you don't open the door, he'll come the next day for you. But he's always going to keep knocking on your door, right? It doesn't matter if you're high right now, because I've seen it happen where God will sober you up. It doesn't matter if you went through a divorce, because I've seen what God can do with somebody who's been divorced. It doesn't matter if you're fighting for your marriage still or fighting for your spouse to, to come. It doesn't matter if you feel like you're f- too far away. God is right there. God is waiting for you. Come on. And it's very simple. All you got to do is... Ask God to come into your heart. Say, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. I want all of me. I want all of you and none of me. And actually mean it. Open up your heart and ask God to come in and believe that you are saved and born again. And God will do a mighty work with you. And that is all that I have for you guys. So one one quick question, while I got you on the on the mic. So singleness, how does one approach that now? Learning from those mistakes and now being developed as a Christian, how do you approach being single and looking for that future spouse? Doing it God's kingdom way. Doing it God's way. Yeah. Abiding by His word, right? God's not gonna give you anything that is not backed up by his word right if it's in the word god's gonna give it to you right so my biggest piece of advice to give to you guys is i know at times that it'll get it gets lonely right i know at times you just you want to be with you know the, the person that you're going to spend forever with but you need to learn how to date jesus first because once you're so in love with jesus you're gonna look and be like oh She's right here, like, you know, crazy. Um, or he's right here. Or he's right here, yeah. yeah. Um, he or she will be there for you. So uh, you guys that are living a, a season of singleness, hold on to God and don't let go. Realize who your first love is.